Welcome back to the Snowmobile Podcast. This is your host, Gord Event. Today's interview is with Blair Morgan. This interview was conducted by Ryan Gauld. Ryan is a uh, retired uh, professional uh, motocross racer and uh, and snowcross racer. Uh, Ryan raced uh, semi-pro snowcross and uh, and is now uh, he collects uh, far too many checks uh, from various uh, media outlets um, for his uh, his work uh, with uh, motocross. Uh, he reports on motocross, Canadian motocross mostly. Great guy. He's got a huge, got a great story himself. Um, I, I encourage you to uh, check out his uh, website. It's uh, guaranteedmx.com. He's got some fantastic stuff on there. If you're interested in moto, uh, this uh, website is the the one to go to. Uh, Ryan uh, does some fantastic writing. Uh, Ryan is uh, good buddies with uh, with Blair Morgan. Uh, they race together in uh, snowcross and in um, motocross, so they know each other really well. We're going right back to uh, their uh, mini cycle racing days, uh, mini bikes. So uh, they've got a long history, and uh, you'll hear uh, Blair talks pretty passionately about uh, motocross. He uh, he did uh, some say he enjoyed uh, uh, motocross uh, more than uh, snowcross, and uh, you can tell that he's still very passionate about uh, about motocross. Uh, but in this interview. Uh, uh, they talk about snowcross too, and uh, how Blair changed uh, uh, snowcross and uh, changed uh, the, the sleds that we now ride uh, to a more uh, rider-forward uh, uh, platform. But first, here's another message from Craig Nicholson, the intrepid snowmobiler. Remember, you can uh, follow us on SoundCloud. You can uh, follow us on uh, the Snowmobiling Podcast Facebook page, and you can subscribe on to this podcast on iTunes, Snowmobiling Podcast on iTunes. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can t- get in touch with me at snowmobilingpodcast at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy this uh, interview with Blair Morgan. Hello, I'm Craig Nicholson, the intrepid snowmobiler, here to go snowmobiling with the Ontario Federation of Snowmobile Clubs. I've tried many different base layers under my snowmobile suit, but my favorite is merino wool. Merino wool dries quickly, stays warm when wet, and is naturally breathable and odor-resistant. Merino is also soft, comfortable, and doesn't itch. And if air-dried after each wearing, I only have to machine wash it once a season. Until next time, find out more at intrepidsnowmobiler.com. That's intrepidsnowmobiler.com. All right, race fans, it is that time. Once again, Guaranteed MX Podcast coming at you, and this is a special one. I am super pumped about having this gentleman on the line, a uh, multi-time Canadian national uh, motocross champion, a snowcross pioneer, a absolute all-around super good dude, uh, none other than Mr. Redhead uh, uh, on the line, Mr. Champion Blair Morgan. What's going on, dude? Hey, Ryan, not too much. Uh, Nice to be on your show. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm i cutting into your smoky time. Is that all right? Uh, yeah, just a little bit of supper. Just having a quick bite to eat, and uh, yeah, that's all, all good. No nice. Problem. So I appreciate it taking the time, man. I know how sometimes it's hard to, to get the time. You're a busy guy. Some people may uh, maybe you're, well, the, the reason why I'm in this is kind of get the scoop of what you've been up to. Um, the last time I ran into you was this summer at the uh, wonderfully built – weathered uh smooth weather day out of regina <laughs> oh wait let's backtrack that was a horrible muddy mess um yeah yeah, yeah that was a nasty day it was great to see you but uh how you been since then man what's been going on oh not too much you know uh yeah definitely regina was uh, a little bit of a disappointment i was so muddy i couldn't even get out of my vehicle because i would have totally gotten stuck with my wheelchair out oh I yeah big time. Or anything, so <laughs> i sat in my truck all day but uh yeah, it's too bad, you know, it's 
we, we've been getting some weird weather here in Saskatchewan. It's usually like dry and hot, and then now it's cold and rainy all the time in the summer. So it's kind of brutal. But uh, other than that, no, I just uh, yeah, it's already February. You know, the winter been going by pretty quickly, and uh, not just doing stuff with the kids. Um, that's all I really do. That's like my main job. I'm kind of like the the housewife, keep the house clean and cook and clean and get the kids ready for school and stuff like that. Nice, nice. And I know they keep you super busy. I know uh, Corbin is mad into soccer and Breck is into dancing, I believe. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so you, they, they must keep you running around all the time. Yeah, well, it's, I don't know. I'm super busy with, like, kids' activities these days. Like, I don't know. I don't remember being this involved in sports and stuff before. You know, I think it's kind of a next level for – well, soccer, he's kind of, he's like under 16 now, so it kind of steps up every age group and stuff, and I'm kind of helping out with the, the the soccer team. I'm kind of managing some of the stuff for them and uh, for the coaches, and I actually coach one of the host league teams, which I'm actually doing tonight. Uh, it's an under 16, 18 team, and then Breck, yeah, her dance, she's actually spends more time at the dance studio than Corbin does at the soccer center, wow. so... Yeah, she's in all sorts of ballet and jazz and tap and, and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah. Then they travel around, too, to different events and around the province and stuff. So, yeah. it's You know, it's, like I said before, like I feel like I'm busier now than when I raced. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The, the kids, I mean, I just had my first kid here, and he's, he's just starting to get busy now. He's only 10 months, so I know. I feel like uh, what I'm going to be getting into, or I hope I'm going to be getting into stuff like your where he's – interested in sports and all that kind of stuff. Um, I want to step back there. You said uh, you don't remember being this busy as a kid because you never played any other sports. You were just moto, right? Like, was there any other sports that attracted you, or was it just motocross that made Blair Morgan tick? You know, actually, no. I played soccer, like, when I was really young, up until, I think, when I started racing bikes. Um, I also raced BMX. From like when I was really little until I started on the on the motocross stuff. So I was racing BMXs when I was like I think five or six. And I played soccer at that time, and then uh, I ended up yeah starting to race motocross, and those things definitely took a backseat. Yeah, <laughs> no. <they're> not as good. <laughs> yeah, no, I was. I think that's kind of everybody's motocross story. Once they get into it, they start falling in love, and it sort of supersedes every other sport. For me, I was into hockey, baseball, soccer, all of it. And then Moto was just like, I like doing my own thing. I don't like this team shit anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 even like watching some of the Corbin stuff today, and or over the past weekend, and uh, they were actually playing some Whitecaps Academy kids from Saskatoon, and oh, nice. they're playing an age group down, and like these kids schooled them. Like it was really frustrating to watch, and yeah, it's definitely you have to rely on teammates, and that's where motocross is awesome. Where you're kind of you're you're out there. It's you, it's all you, and, uh, you know, obviously there's a team behind you to get you to the track, but when you're on the racetrack, it's up to you to do good, so. Do you find it hard to, to manage that now? I mean, obviously back then it, it would have been uh, a family or your brother or your dad or whatever going, come on, what the hell's your problem? Get out there and do it, and now you gotta you can't really individualize one of your players. you got to treat everybody as a team. Do you find that hard to make that transition? Um, Not really, you know, because my – parents were kind of like just there supporting me they weren't like the hockey dad like pushing me kind of thing into it or anything I kind of 
you know, I had an older brother that kind of got me started in it, and uh, they were never to push me, you know, I kind of um, just was self-motivated, I guess, and, uh, you know, they were always there to support me in what I wanted to do, but they weren't, like, yelling at me, go, and throwing out the pit boards, yeah, signs and stuff, so I kind of treat, you know, my kids the same way, they kind of do what they want to do, you know, I'm not going to push them into something that they don't want to do, so, you know, it's it's kind of maybe easier, I think, because I seen both sides of the story on that situation so i think it's better just uh you know let the kids do what they want to do yeah no i agree that uh, just kind of keep that easy going attitude you've always had and sort of let them pick the path that they want to go on um i was uh i wrote in a, a column or my monday uh, column this week talked about the very first time that i ever met blair morgan was in 1991 at the westler westlock amateur national championship um you probably wouldn't remember. We actually did race each other, but I was—I uh, called myself a backmarker in the ADA class. I was—I won the 65 class. You finished third in the ADA behind Cooster uh, and DeHaan. Um, yeah. Talk to me about that, because I don't know if I've ever asked you before, but were you just getting into racing then, or were you had a couple years of racing under your belt then? I mean, in 91, uh, um, you would have been about 14 years old, I guess? Uh, 90. One, yeah, 15, I think, because I was born in 75. Okay, late okay. 75, so. Um, yeah, I started racing in 89, so I had, like, my first year, I kind of did, like, maybe, like, five or six races. I did do, like, the whole provincial scene. Right. And I kind of was just learning and just kind of, I had, like, an older bike, like a 1980, like, 85 CR80 or something like that. So, <laughs> nice. old, and you'd have disc brakes in or anything. And other kids had, like, FMF pipes, and <laughs> mine was, like, bone stock. Got a beat up. And so then the next year, we kind of took it more serious. We got, I got a new bike, and, uh, and then that, I think, yeah, 91, I raced to 125 also. So I was, uh, I think, I, yeah, I, did, I was starting to do pretty good, like, in 91. I kind of was doing all right in the 80 class. And so, yeah, the Westlock was another mutter. Uh, yeah, well, no, it was. It rained, like, during the week and up to the event, but I believe the weekend was good. I actually still have some old video footage of uh, of racing. I have you on there as well, which is quite pretty wild to see. I watch it every time uh, when I go down to my parents just to get a laugh. Um, um, okay, yeah, all right. You know, I was thinking about the, 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 like the Pro National. A year or two later, it was really muddy. Oh, yeah. You're talking about the when it was uh, the CMA uh, and Pro Nationals when the Morgan Racing guys all showed up and stuff. That's right. That's what that's I was thinking about that race. Yeah, because yeah. I was thinking about racing with the Han then, too. Yeah, exactly. You were. You, you guys uh, basically came through the ranks the exact same year. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, I mean, every one of us has a hero growing up um, when we get on 60s, 80s, and in the junior class. We have our local pro or, you know, nowadays you get to watch Supercross. Who was your your guy in Saskatchewan when you went to the local events? You like you sort of look up to, or he was going to be the guy that you wanted to be uh, when you saw them at the races, or or was it somebody in another province? Um, you know, like I guess uh, like locally we didn't have too many like really fast guys. Uh, actually, Alberta guys would come in once in a while um, and race, um, kind of you know province sometimes so uh we got to see guys like ross and Zoli green and uh um darren truga i think his name was and yeah, yeah stuff yeah. like that so uh other than local we had brent shuri who uh he was always the fast guy he would actually maybe battle with ross a little bit so 
you know, I didn't really look up to them. They kind of, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but back in those days, it almost seemed like those guys were really angry all the time. So I <laughs> didn't really approach them too much. You know, they all they almost seemed like they hated each other and they were like not friends. And so, you know, they were always there to be cool to watch, but obviously they had like VHS tapes of like, David Bailey and like Rick Johnson at the time that I think I wore out like a Rick Johnson tape that I had and I used to watch it probably like two times a day every day. Nice, nice. <laughs> I used to watch yeah. the old uh, um, Gary Bailey uh, MX tapes, this teaching tapes all the time. I wore those out steady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, all right, past ninety one there, so you were on an eighty and one twenty five junior, and then in ninety two, um, I feel as if that was when Blair Morgan maybe became a bigger name known uh, in Canada, if you will. Uh, uh, for me, anyway, I, I, we went to uh, Latouk that year um, for the CMA Amateur Nationals, and you did quite well. I don't know if you won a class, or did you win the 250 class that year? Yeah, I won the 250s there. Yeah, okay, yeah, because the, the Ninja Turtle brother won the 125, you won the 250, and Dave Arnold won the 500. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember um, feeling really good there because I liked that track, and uh, I think the first Moto 125, I crashed out, like I was... I think I was the top three, and I came down that hill the first time. And in practice, it was smooth. And then the first moto, it was, it was like super rough, and I car wheeled down it, and I ended up knocking air out of myself. And I think I pulled out of that one. So then I kind of thought I'd just focus for the 250. So I think that helped a lot, where I could just kind of reserve my energy for just like one class, and end up uh, yeah winning that. I think there were three motos. Yeah, yeah, it was three like motos. That. So there, if you would have raced both, raced both, it would have been like six motos. So you got it exactly. It was. It, I don't know if you remember, but it was crazy hot that day or that yeah, weekend. Yeah, it stuff was like hot. That. I remember that because I remember being super tired and yeah, yeah. And, uh, being really hot and humid and stuff. So I. Do you remember those uh, the, the Ninja Turtle team, the Lashaway brothers there? Lashaway, yes. I was trying to always think of the name. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was super cool, and I was, like, really intimidated <laughs> yeah, no by that. <laughs> they had, they had like, all, like, Chris new gear and new bikes and everything. They're all, I think they're all, like, pro circuit this and that. And so I was kind of thinking, you know, these guys are just going to clean everybody up. But uh, I ended up, yeah, kind of battling a little bit, I think, with the, one of them. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good weekend for sure. It was yeah, fun. That was, a, that was a great memory right there. All right, so we'll fast forward through a few years there. Um, 93, 4, 5, 6, you raced some pro stuff. You didn't really do much of the nationals um, per se as uh, there was the big you know thing going on with CMA and CMRC. And, yeah, and that was like the big divide years right there. Like Since I think it was like 92, I think in 93 I did some of the CMA nationals. Did you ever um, race Molson Park? Ontario. Did you ever? I, I came to Motor Park, yeah, in, in uh, Barrie there. Yeah, oh, you did race Molson Park. Okay, I wasn't sure if you got a chance yeah. to race that one or not, because that was a pretty cool place, obviously right in downtown Barrie. Uh, yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, it was like a semi-outdoor Supercross type place. It was It was good. What was your best result there? I wouldn't even remember that at all. Um, I, I think I ended up, I blew up my 125, um, so I think I just raced 250, and I think I went like, I think I got like a sixth or seventh in okay. my second moto or something like that. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I was I always love that track. I raced there from uh, eighty eight to to one twenty five intermediate, and then it, and then the track disappeared in uh, ninety four at the end of ninety four. Um, so yeah. ninety six uh, shows up. Blair Morgan shows up at the Toronto Supercross and blows the doors off everybody on the uh, Friday or Saturday night. Uh, you know, we had the Mike Jones and Valencourts and and all these big name guys and this. 
redhead guy on a pro-action two-wheel Kawasaki comes out and dominates. How in the hell did you pull that off? <laughs> you know what? I just, uh, yeah, that was totally a weird, weird race because, yeah, I just kind of was going there for a little experience. And, uh, yeah, I was totally surprised myself included so <laughs> i just remember i don't even know i didn't even know what place i was in i just remember the track was really soft and rutted and yeah it was really crazy like um a lot of guys were doing weren't doing the jumps and i ended up like being able to find some good lines and do some of the jumps and uh i think actually that last it was the first night and i JSR, I think, was leading, and then it was, like, the last corner before finish line, and he wasn't doing his double, and I didn't realize he wasn't, and I did it, and I landed inside of him, and I think I knocked him down for the win. <laughs> you do, you totally did. That was the beginning yeah. of the of the JSR Morgan era of nonstop battles. I totally remember because I didn't make the main event that night, and I watched. I was just like, holy crap. That guy just hit JSR like it was nothing. Oh, my God. The crowd was into it. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. Uh and then later on that year, um, you didn't do the, do all the CMR, uh, CMRC nationals, but you came and hit the ones in the fall. You came to Walton, uh, and that was um, the year that Chicken Matasevich came up, and you also were riding for two wheel, and you won a moto. And yeah. it, it really started to notice that Blair Morgan was uh, was like a guy, like he was a guy that was 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 going to come around and be something in Canada. Is that when you started to feel like motocross was maybe your thing, and you wanted to make you know a career out of it, kind of thing? Yeah, you know, I was just kind of hitting, like, periodic races here and there, you know, and then I'd do good one moto, and then I wouldn't do good another moto, and so it was just still kind of a learning process, and, uh, um, yeah, then when in that, I think it was the second moto, I think at Walton there on T50, it was kind of, like, realizing, you know, I could probably do this, and, uh, you know, and then getting hooked up with Ron Ashley at two-wheel for... 97 season and I was going to spend uh, the summer out in Ontario and do uh, I think the local uh, provincial stuff and then the nationals most of the nationals so then uh, yeah I kind of clicked from there really like just getting the support and you know before I was kind of yeah, doing it everything myself I didn't even have a mechanic or anything I just uh, would have my brother-in-law would kind of get my bike ready but I did like all the work on it yeah, I was changing filters between motos and getting the fuel in it and stuff and so, yeah, it's taking it to that next level, obviously, is what was needed, and uh, that happened in 97. Yeah, that was the year I was like, there's no freaking way that I'm getting beat by this guy. I was coming in, I was a Yamaha guy, and all these bikes and gear getting thrown at me all over the place, and you came in and you won all four motos at St. Julie that day, and I was like, what in the hell just happened? And then after yeah, that, after that, that you one. just dominated. That was the Glycomax year. <laughs> You're drinking Glycomax. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that stuff. Uh, yeah, you know that totally just clicked. Yeah, that first uh, that first race. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think a lot of guys had trouble that race, and I just kind of kept my nose clean, and uh, you know, I was just putting in uh, hard laps and stuff, and uh, and then Marco going for a swim in a in a creek or something. Yeah, yeah. That one moto, and then I think other guys were crashing, and then I just. Uh, yeah, just motored away. Yeah, it was a good weekend, and yeah, that was totally like you get that confidence of that first win, and and then it just all clicked from there. And then after that, I mean, the history has kind of written itself. You, you carried on, won yourself another Canadian tile title, and uh, won the four-stroke uh, U.S. Open one year there, and, and just kind of kept climbing through the ranks. Is there any one year 
before the accident in 2008 there that kind of just sticks out in your mind going, man, I just had, that was so much fun and I have so many cool memories and, you know, friends and then family, any, anything, any one of those years between 97 to 2008 that just always pops into your head and sort of makes you smile? Yeah, you know, obviously it was reliving some memories from you uploading all the, the older races. Oh, yeah, yeah you love those, and, eh? They're uh, great. They're fun. Yeah, I'm one of the, probably the first viewers because I subscribe to your channel. So I come, as soon as I see it, I watch it. And, uh, and uh, so one of the, like, sometimes there's only, like, two or three viewers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that totally just brings back memories and stuff that you forget. And, you know, um, you know cause it's been, like, 15, 16 years now. So, um, yeah, obviously those first years on the Cowie uh, out in Ontario was a lot of fun, um, you know, because we kind of, like, traveled with, like, the rigs and stuff. And, you know, we weren't, like, like, the later years was kind of a little more of a job where you just, like, flew to the race and, and uh, you know, you didn't really do anything other than go to the racetrack and a hotel and, and then go home. And uh, so... The, the earlier years was definitely a lot of fun. Um, the first years with Blackfoot were really great too, like 2000, 2001 and two on the Honda there. Because, uh, you know, me and JSR are kind of going back and forth and close for the title and stuff like that. And that was kind of like the true years where, you know, JSR was in it and like everybody was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, those were really good years. Um, obviously, 2003 wasn't a very good year with a big injury there and uh but 04 was good and uh, another injury and in, in early 05 on a snowmobile and a few had some pretty big uh injuries um that were in those kind of middle 2000 years that kind of definitely hurt were definitely uh just everything about the racing for me um talk to me about that the 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 fateful day or whatever it was where you got the call from blackfoot in uh, late 99, and they were like, we're starting this team, we want you, uh, and you had just come off winning uh, some championships with Kawasaki and two-wheel, they, they had treated you well, things were going well, all that kind of stuff, but it was the real growth in our sport where money uh, started really showing its face, the rigs and, and you know the TV series and everything really started booming. What was it about that deal or that time that you said, I need to make this switch over to this team for the better, or was it a money thing for you, or or was it just bikes? What, what was it the deal that made you make that switch? Because I mean, no, there's not a lot of stories in Canada where like a big name guy like yourself switched from team to team. That was that was a big story back then in 2000, from '99 to 2000. Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, it was really yeah, definitely that was like not only it was the turn of the millennium, but it was a turn in Canada for motocross, and uh, yeah. It's, Obviously, uh, everyone was interested in giving me a ride, you know, not even just Honda. I think everybody, you know, I I talked to everybody, you know, back in those days. And uh, I just was, I think, a little more excited about the of a new team, you know. I kind of thought, like, the, the Kawasaki's are good and they're pretty good, good to me. But I think that um, I just kind of needed a new look on life and... Uh, you know, obviously that year we had uh, had my son and stuff like that, so kind of wanted to stick a little more closer to home, and that was, yeah, first years of just basically flying to the races and then flying home and training during the week, so, and then I got my house and property that year also, so. Okay, nice. Um, 
yeah, it's just kind of a whole different uh, view on racing, taking it a lot more serious. So I just thought maybe that was my best chance. Um, it sounded like the uh, the Blackfoot team was, you know, taking it to that next level, and, and I was taking it to that next level with myself. And then you had a great run. Of, uh, the bummer you broke your, I think you broke your thumb at Calgary in 2000. Um, uh, and so you kind of missed that year. You ended up seventh, and then 01 and 02, you finished second um, both years to JSR. Um, and then you made a switch and, and blew the blew the, 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 the shock around the industry once again and decided to have your own team, which you had already been doing in Snowcross. So just was that an easy transition to do that? Was that something that you wanted to do, or was that the people around you kind of pushing it? Because I know you didn't really run the team. I believe it was Wayne Madsen that sort of ran, ran things and managed stuff, as well as uh, Jamie there that helped you. What was the idea behind that? Uh, like, was it just a business thing or something tr- fun for you to do? Um, yeah, obviously we were already doing it in in uh, the snowcross, having our own team. So we had all the equipment and uh, you know the, the the truck and trailer and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to remember, like, what the big decision was to do that. Um, you know, obviously, I was pretty comfortable at Blackfoot at the time, and uh, um, and being really close to, uh, you know, JSR and, and uh, you know, in the championship and stuff like that, and the bikes. I like the bikes, how they worked and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I remember, you know, being on the fence of, like, not wanting to do it and wanting to do it. So, um, you know, I just thought maybe uh, I wasn't getting as good a support as JSR was at Blackfoot. So, and then Yamaha promised to, uh, you know, be be the number one guy and stuff. So, um, you know, maybe that weighed into my decision a bit um, on that. But, uh, yeah, and it was just unfortunate. I felt that, you know, I was kind of like, going to be, uh, you know, uh, running with JSR again, kind of like the early years, and then getting hurt at that, uh, the second national, I guess it was, in yeah, Nanaimo. Nanaimo, that's Nanaimo yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, that was that was a tough crash. Do you, do you ever, uh, looking back on it, was there ever a regret saying, ah, I should have just kind of stuck with that, I shouldn't have gone to the team? I mean, you can't obviously, you know, um, uh, stop injuries or anything like that, but was there a regret doing that own team thing? Um, maybe a little bit, you know, because it's kind of your names and everything. And, you know, obviously I, I, I step back away from like running it or anything because I don't want the heartache of, you know, having to worry about, uh, you know, the truck breaking down or, you know, getting hotels booked and stuff like that and travel. And so it was kind of nice. I, I kind of got kind of one of the reasons why I think I went back to Blackfoot because everything was so taken care of and, and uh, everything was so professionally run um, yeah. at that team. So it's super easy to be on that team um, because everything is taken care of and all the details. And So that was, uh, yeah, one of the reasons why I went back to them in 06 for sure. Um, it's just easier, making everything easier, which obviously you don't have to worry about too much um, off the track and then you worry less about it on the track. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, uh, you're. Well, we talked uh, over text there. So, but 2006 is going to start this week on my site. So you'll get a kick out of that one. That was a nice, that was a good year for you as well. Um, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be a good one. Um, now let's step away from the motocross thing and talk about snowcross because um, 
obviously in in snowcross uh it's no secret you are an icon of the sport you are a jeremy a jeremy mcgrath a michael jordan uh, a Derek jeter type athlete that made snowcross become uh from some beer backyard drinking sort of redneck thing into a, an absolute show and entertainment to what it has become today that that had to be pretty cool i think i remember you telling me the story of how it started if i got it correctly you were just riding your sled around your house and riding it on your motocross track and you kept breaking all these parts um and then your local dealer was like what the hell are you, why do you need this what do you need that for and then they got you connected with uh, jamie ensu and then is that how the snow cross thing kind of started yeah definitely you know obviously yeah, I was breaking, like, weird suspension parts, and they were wondering, how are you breaking that? And I'm, like, showing them, like, pictures of me jumping huge doubles and stuff, and and uh, they just couldn't believe it. And uh, so that's, yeah, exactly when Snowcross was kind of coming around. Um, it's a, kind of a mainstream sport for them. And uh, so, yeah, I just got hooked up with uh, my manager, Jamie, and, uh, yeah, went to some local, well, not really no some national races down in the U.S. and end up getting second my first race out. So, that, yeah, and then that just kind of went from there. Who beat you, Chris Vincent? No, it was Kirk <laughs> Hibbert, actually, who won. Oh, yeah. But I Kirk. was leading for, like, seven out of the ten laps. I was leading, and he got me right at the very end. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, it was, yeah, I was, like, pretty much riding a sled like a motocross bike, you know, standing up and hitting, like, doubling over holes and stuff. And really, these guys are sitting down and just pounding through everything. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, you, yeah. you, you uh, evolutionized it. You, you changed it into a complete different sport. Like I said, it was basically, like, old beer-drinking guys uh, that, you know, oh, my sled can go super fast down a straightaway, and then all of a sudden they decided to make a track out of it as well. And then you decided to show them, show them up. Do you ever sort of sit and reflect and go, you know what, like, I, like you, you changed that sport. Like, you... You made it into something that is what has made it to X Games and, and become a, a world-known sport. Do you ever just sort of sit back and realize, like, you were the guy that made that happen? Um, a little bit, actually, lately, because of um, just the way, like, all the snowmobiles are designed now is kind of, like, on that forward uh, weight distribution of, like, people standing up and riding and stuff. Right. So... And all the manufacturers do it now. Even so, the trail sleds. Trail sleds are made that way now. Every sled now. It's all like rider forward um, design. You know, I should have threw some patents out on all that stuff <laughs> because I think I'd be making a killing right now. Maybe I should still. You probably could. You probably got a few guys in the know how they could make that happen. Yeah, no doubt. Because yeah, it's like every sled, like even the mountain sleds and stuff. And so it was like a big shift of like where I've heard the reference of. Uh, fridges with skis is what the sleds used to be like to what they are now where, where they're getting closer and closer to like a motocross bike yeah yeah it's pretty uh pretty amazing to uh to do that even like well i mean i've known you pretty much my whole life just through motocross but then you look at that part there like you're this iconic person i would never look at it like that i think you're just blair morgan a farmer but uh <laughs> you know what it's it's you're like world sports athlete it's pretty pretty cool to see and snowcross for you was it was very successful not just uh for winning and, and, you know, gold medals at X Games, it, was, it really helped uh, elevate the, the bank account, if you will. It really put you on the map and the stage into a different da- uh, different tax bracket, did it not? Yeah, no, it was really good back in the day. Uh, you know, they had really big prize money at these snowboard races all the time. And, uh, and uh, yeah, um, 
know, being the top guy, you know, on these big um, factory sleds and stuff. Um, yeah, everybody was, uh, you know, I think the first year, whatever, I had my contract up, you know, it was pretty uh, awesome to know that you're worth that much for uh, a lot of these companies. So, yeah, it definitely was pretty awesome at the time. And, uh, um, yeah, no, it was fun. And I, I'm, uh, I, if I remember correctly, when you were living on the island um, with uh, Terry back then, she was going to school, and we were, I was out there doing arena cross and hanging out. You were getting monthly checks. I remember you showing me them, and I was just like, what the hell, dude? This is killer. And you had, like, your own jackets and the 7C and toy sleds and all this stuff. And I was just like, what the hell, man? I want some of that stuff there, too. It was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool to see it, and obviously well-deserving, Blair. It's very neat. Do you still follow the sport now? I mean, obviously, X Games was just on uh, a couple weeks ago. Did you watch that? Yeah, no, I watched. Uh, yeah, the X Games was two weekends ago, I think it was. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and watched uh, Tucker win another one. So uh, still talk to him once in a while, and uh, and then I actually just on Saturday, yeah, just Saturday night he won his 100th uh, national win. Oh yeah, I did see that actually on social media there. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, kind of amazing because actually, like he, his last gold medal he won, he beat me because I was like the oldest guy to win a medal. Right. Yeah. And he beat me by like four months, so he was like thirty years old and whatever seven months, and I was thirty years old and four months. So that's kind of like a bit of a a shocker on how fast time is going by. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Eh? The aches, uh, the aches and pains are catching up with all of us on that kind of stuff. I'll be uh, yeah. 37 in a couple of days here, so I know that stuff going on. What, how old are you now? 39. I'll be 40 uh, in October here this year. October 9th for everybody listening. Make sure you send out your well wishes and, <laughs> uh, and birthday cards up into Prince Albert. Um, so uh, Blair, motocross and snowcross treated you, treated you well. Um, you, you gave back to the sport. It was truly amazing. Um, I want to talk about that fateful day in, in 2008. You had a great summer going. As far as racing goes, it almost looked like your career was getting sort of rejuvenated again, battling with these young kids. I remember you and Keith going at it in like 10 motos that year, just back and forth, back and forth. Uh, you would end up number four on a Blackfoot bike, and then the Montreal Supercross happened where your accident um, uh, took uh, uh, paralyzed you and has got you where you are now. Do you ever uh, look back on that and go, how did that happen? Everything was just kind of going so well. Things were clicking, and then all of a sudden, boom, this little crash shuts it right down. Did you ever just like, why, why me kind of thing? Uh, yeah, obviously always like early years when it first happened, I uh, always asked that, you know, um, it's going to be seven years this September. So it kind of, kind of is a while ago now, but, uh, yeah, obviously when it first happened, you know, I had such a good year going and, you know, I was always the guy that didn't really hang it out too much, you know, right over my head where, you know, I would crash and, get injured because I've been injured really badly before and uh so yeah and yeah that year was going so well uh coming off of Walton where I finished like went 2-2 my best finish the whole year behind Colt you know he wasn't that far ahead of me and uh you know I remember all the other guys we pulled away a huge I think we had three seconds on everybody so mm -hmm. yeah um you know it went really well I was just feeling really good and uh yeah I was riding really well at the time and you know Montreal um, even practice and stuff felt really good and strong and uh, yeah just a simple little thing happened and uh, yeah it just changes your life and 
Um, yeah, I, you know, I just, uh, it takes a long time and to heal, you know, obviously physically and emotionally. So I feel a lot better these days. It seemed like the last couple of years have been really good. So, um, you know, just getting moving on with life, really. Yeah, well, I mean, you were always one of those mentally tough guys uh, in in the sports, just racing. I remember just going to the track, and and uh, you you never you didn't you never were super outgoing. You weren't mouthy or uh, gooning people like me and Thorny or something like that. You just kind of did your thing, and it was so um, frustrating to be honest with you, watching and seeing how good you were and beating me and beating us guys. And I'm like, man, I'm, I feel like I'm better than this guy, and you're just dominating. And being so sort of simple in the background, I feel like that uh, maybe helped you uh, along with this difficulty because you're just so mentally tough that you, you bow through. I'm sure there were some tough times, but it's uh, it was great to, to see you this summer. And it, it seems like the family just keeps you rejuvenated and keeps you uh, motivated to, to uh, you know, put the bad memory kind of behind you, I guess. I mean, uh, Corbin and Breck just keep you busy. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of weird because it was almost a bit of not a blessing, I guess. But it definitely made me spend more time with my kids. So um, I obviously I always think of like if I didn't get hurt, I probably wouldn't be spending this time with them. So, um, so yeah, I've been. That's all I've been doing basically is spending time with my kids and just kind of helping them out with anything they need. And and you know, I I look around at a lot of my friends and stuff, and they they work a lot and they, I don't think they spend much time with their kids even like my sister and stuff and you know they're always going to the sitters or whatever the kids and uh yeah and you always wonder if it's worth it you know if working that hard and missing this you know these precious years I think that you have with your kids because my kids are going to get old soon and they'll be moving out so and then uh and you don't have that uh, childhood with them so um I think I'm and most of the time I can with them right now is, is, is awesome. Yeah, I, I, I uh, like I said, I'm, I'm only 10 months in, and I'm just ecstatic of being a father. Now you're almost 15, 16 years with uh, with Corbin there, so I can only imagine how much fun it is to spend time and all that good stuff. So uh, other than the kid stuff um, these days, what keeps you busy? Are you, you Do you do anything on the side? How do you you know how do you pay the bills up there in Prince Albert? You still got lots of Snowcross, snowcross cash stuffed into your bed? <laughs> well, you know, basically, I have been not doing too much, so I haven't really been spending, you know, money. So I've been kind of, I had a bit of a nice nest egg there um, to kind of draw from. So, you know, I'm not being all crazy. I'm not buying the, you know, the cars and stuff like that. So, um, other than that, yeah, no, I, I've got like a big house. Yeah, and I have a kind of big acreage, so I keep it really busy. Kind of just take care care of that stuff, and and uh, I did some work in my house this year. Uh, got some paint, got it painted and stuff. And but yeah, you know, I just people always ask me when I'm busy doing stuff. I've just been kind of taking a bit of a break, you know. I've uh, you know, like even you, like we've been racing since we we're like you know twelve years old, you know. Yeah. So and. You know, obviously racing is fun and that, but we kind of worked hard at it. For so I got hurt in thirty when I was thirty-two, so I had twenty years of pretty tough work going there. So, you know, all these people, like a lot of my friends and I, they didn't really have serious jobs until their late late twenties and stuff. So they are only like ten years in on like a serious job, and I've done twenty years of that. So, so 
physically, you know, demanding and beating up the body. So, um, you know, I think I would like to maybe do something after, you know, when the kids get a little bit older, you know, and they're a little bit not as reliable on me. So, yeah. But right now I've been, yeah, I thought, you know, I'd just take, for sure, take a few years off and, and see where things are going. And time's been flying. It's going to be seven years right away here. So, yeah. And uh, we see on uh, Facebook the other day, you got to run into your good old buddy, Dougie DeHaan. Uh, as I just said, you guys have raced each other since 1991. Uh, so before the accident, it would have been about 17, 18 years you guys have been lining up on the gate side by side. It must have been cool. Did you guys text each other to kind of make that happen, or was it just some random thing where you were out at the shop or something? Yeah, it was a bit of a random thing because <clears throat> he's with the fox up here for the prairies, and he the city where I live in, they, he didn't cover it before, and then now they've been shifting around some regions or something, so now he is covering uh, the city that I live in. So um, it was like his first visit up here, and then uh, obviously friends at the dealerships where uh, he was visiting, so and they're like, oh, yeah, Doug's here. And I was like, what, really? And I was basically a couple blocks away at the time, and I drove, like, straight there. <laughs> nah, nice. <laughs> there in two minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty awesome to see Doug. Actually, I think me and Doug, we had like a battle in 80 class, 1990 Chatsworth. Oh, no that way. That was like our first meeting. Oh, yeah. At Moto Park. Yeah. That was, I think, the first time we raced. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I think he was on a Kawasaki or something then. And I remember like we had a good heated battle for a couple laps. And was, uh, I think that was my first taste of Doug DeHaan. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it seemed like we either were battling or like teammates. Our yeah. whole, like, career. So, and, and he actually uh, rode for you as well, too, in a couple of years there. Oh, three, oh, four, I believe it was, uh, on the Blair Morgan Racing Team. So that was kind of cool that you actually hired him. Now, in that instance, you actually give him a call and say, hey, man, uh, I need a rider. I got no money. I don't want to pay you, but I'll give you free bikes and parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, uh, I think I remember Wayne, obviously, he was kind of in charge of all that, hiring the riders and stuff, and, and uh, and then I, I think I just mentioned it to him. I was like, I think Doug's looking for a ride that one year, and uh, you know, he's uh, always a good guy to have around. So yeah, um, yeah. well, you have our teammates at Blackfoot there. Well, at Two Wheel, we're teammates, and then uh, Blackfoot, and then uh, and then on our team and in, in uh, Yamaha, and then uh, yeah, and then I think he went to Europe or whatever after that. So yeah, basically we were just following each other around on. Uh, on the team yeah that was uh, well i just goes to show two good guys two good racers work hard they always come out on top with good teams when you guys are working hard like that they uh they search out the good riders um hey we've been talking yeah. almost 40 minutes here just over 40 minutes i won't take up too much more of your time blair uh have you been watching supercross this year oh definitely yeah i always watch supercross we always have a bunch of people over and uh and uh and uh watch the whole live thing and uh yeah, it's been pretty cool. You know, last weekend was a bit boring, but yeah. a couple weekends before was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, definitely watching the Supercross. You know, I don't really, obviously he's really busy with the kids stuff, but I don't follow any like social media stuff or anything like that. I don't know, Twitters or Facebooks and stuff. So I kind of, it's kind of cool watching it being kind of like a step back, not knowing um, the behind the scenes stuff and just watching it as a spectator is kind of cool. So 
you almost realize uh, how much of a fan you are when you don't really know any of the information, and then you watch, you're like, man, this is so cool. Yeah, it is <laughs> cool because I, I, I like being surprised, you know, because before it was like if you know too much, you kind of even know the results that we're going to be. So yeah, it's kind of cool not knowing, like, oh, who was fastest in practice or whatever. I just kind of want to just watch the race and, and uh, just be surprised, you know. And, and uh, so I think that's adding a little more excitement to it rather than knowing so much about it. Yeah, no, I agree. It's It kind of feels weird not having Stewart and Villapoto on the gate, but uh, so far there's been some good drama the with the screw-ups with the flags and black flag and then the red flag on the weekend, and they're just like, ah, it keeps adding adding to the drama what's going on, but uh, so be it. It's making us fans really enjoy it a lot more. Um, now, before I, before I let you go, one question I wanted to ask you, um, something that's big uh, in motocross now too, but snowcross for sure, is that adaptive class. Uh, where they give opportunities where, where people like yourself that are paralyzed or uh, lost a leg or arm or whatever, they give a chance to ride a sled or a bike. Is that something you could see yourself doing in the next few years, maybe going to X Games and doing that kind of stuff, or is that not even in your interest? Um, yeah, you know, I did see that. You know, um, I think Doug Henry and those guys do that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've, uh, I've kind of just always talked about that with different people because, um, you know, seeing them out there and racing and stuff, but uh, you know, I always like I said before, I did like 20 years of racing, and and I kind of got that out of my system a bit, and I don't feel the need to go out there and prove myself anymore. But it would be pretty fun, obviously. But uh, on the other note, I can still get injured, even though I'm pretty yeah pretty injured already. I could still even hurt myself even more. So and uh, but. Uh, yeah, it's just those guys, like even like Henry, like he's been racing forever and to go out there and yeah, you guys are definitely warriors for sure. But, uh, <laughs> Big time. Yeah, it, it is cool. But before there was actually a couple guys that were like not as injured, you know, they weren't like paraplegics or anything like that. They had like, um, you know, maybe missing a finger or something and they'd be in the class and they'd just smoke everybody. But I think now they've kind of evened that out a little bit more uh, based on your injury. So I think that is just, um, a little more, um, you know, fair. Yeah, I know. I would agree for sure. Uh, are you uh, you going to get out to Regina again this summer, or depending on weather, I guess? Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah, if it rains, I'll even show up. Um, uh, you know, it'll be like last year. Hopefully they'll run both motos this year. Actually, it is muddy, but, uh, yeah, I'll definitely come down to that. And, uh, yeah, for sure see you guys and see everybody. Hopefully I'll be able to get out and around in the pits. Hopefully it's a nice day. And, uh yeah, it's fun. It's almost like I'd rather go and visit like old friends rather than watch the racing. So, yeah, that's the best part about being a racer now, being on the bench and just talking about it. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. You know, and then it's been a while now too, where I'm starting to miss uh, some people. Obviously, you know, seeing Doug the other day and stuff, and you know, it just brings back all the memories. We kind of we only talked for about half an hour, where we brought up about a lot of funny stuff that happened to us back in the day, and we're just laughing so hard about it, and uh, and. Um, yeah, it's definitely old good times for sure. Now, lots of great memories there, Blair. Well, hey, buddy, I'll let you uh, let you get back to it. Go and coach uh, your soccer game. Thanks again for taking the time, man. Always, always fun to catch up with you. We text every once in a while just so I keep in touch with you. I love to hear what's going on, and uh, always been a fan. And uh, at one time there, I was a uh, you were a hero as well of mine. So it's always great to see what's going on, and glad things are clicking and uh, and um, spending time with the family. It sounds like life is good for Blair Morgan right now. Yeah, no, it's good, Nolan. I know I'm not in the 
Twitter or Facebook or anything, so people probably don't know much what's going on right now. But, yeah, things are going good. And just, uh, yeah, just doing some different stuff in the life. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have a bit of a change of, uh, of lifestyle for sure. All right. Well, hey, pay attention on Friday. 06 starts. Uh, I think you get awesome. like I, I think you wait. get like fifth at round one. So not one of your better ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of took me a bit to get how to get going again. Uh, I'm, always for me with the first races were tough because I just got off a snowmobile and only been riding in a motorcycle for a few weeks. So yeah, whatever. You always beat me, and I, that still pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> hey Blair, thanks again for your time, buddy. Keep safe, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll catch up soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Goldie. That concludes this episode of the uh, Snowing Podcast with uh, Blair Morgan. Really want to thank Ryan Gold for supplying this uh, file for me to uh, to uh, play on my uh, on my snowmobile feed. Uh, uh, of course, this uh, Ryan's got his own podcast, uh, GuaranteedMX.com, and you can check his uh, his uh, podcast out on there. He does a lot of uh, a podcast on uh, motocross stars in uh, in Canada and uh, and some in the states too. Uh, Ryan uh, is uh, racing in the states too, so uh, I want to thank Ryan a ton and uh, for bringing this uh, this podcast to uh, uh, snowbilly fans because uh, Blair had so many of them. Uh, true champion, uh, really miss him. Uh, hope to uh, catch up real soon with uh, with Blair and uh, as we cross paths. Uh, thanks, Ryan, for uh, for this podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, so we can uh, share it to uh, all Blair's fans uh, uh, across uh, North America and in Europe. So that concludes this episode. This is Gorda Van from Snowing Podcast. We'll see you soon.